The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Tired of diesel buses? Want more cycle lanes or bus lanes? Which projects do you want Auckland Transport to work on first? They need your opinion. So head to haveyoursay.at.govt.nz forward slash RLTP to do just that. Consultation closes on 17 June. Get in quick. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You're on the off spin. My name is Alex Bray, and I'm sitting with an incredibly strong cup of coffee at the moment after the first proper day of being up overnight for the World Test Championship final. I'm joined today by a podcast producer, guitarist for the Beths, civic infrastructure enthusiast, uh, a man with uh, fantastic hair as well, uh, Jonathan Pierce. Welcome. Thanks, Alex. Um, it's it's actually really great to have you in on this podcast properly. Uh, you're replacing Simon Day, of course. Uh, but I, I kind of feel like you've got this um, you've got this opportunity uh, to come in and and sort of sit in one of the lead chairs on the podcast in part because you corrected one of Simon's facts live during a show. Oh, my heart goes out to Simon. I think he's gone and had a birthday during the he World has. Test Championship final. And, um, yeah, all my sympathies go to him. And, uh, yeah, I'll be here attempting to um, come up with correct facts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've got um, I've got a brain full of mush at the moment, so I, I think I'll be saying some things that are, that are quite wrong. Um, just quickly as well, this podcast brought to you by The Beer Spot. They've got five locations across Auckland. Uh, they pour about 40, 40 beers on tap or something like that, and they have a rotating selection, rotating food trucks. It's really nice. We go to the Morningside one. Uh, so thank you to The Beer Spot. Uh right. So where where are we at in this game of cricket? We had we had everything last night, didn't we? We had a bit of rain. We had bad light. Uh, we had uh, depressing English crowds. You know what? What a perfect day of Test cricket. How many were there in the crowd yesterday? I think four thousand yeah. is what they're allowed under COVID restrictions. So four thousand a day. So it looks reasonably sparse. Mm. Just the build-up has been so dreary. Mm. It has been endless tweet streams of people posting just how dreary and awful Southampton looks right now. (laughs) It looks like shit, doesn't it? It really does. And it has dashed my expectations. Of of what Southampton generally of this or? event? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you know, four thousand people at Lords would have just been a very different prospect. There is something about uh, having an event like this at a time of of global history like this, which is just, you know, there was always going to have to be some sort of compromise or acknowledgement of the circumstances in which they're playing it. But 
Yeah, yeah, the fact that they're playing for what looks like it's a giant golden meth pipe, um, the fact that it it just... Hilariously, they could have moved it to New Zealand or Australia yeah. with the weather that's that's been going on and yeah. had a real gala event of it. And there would have been a spectacular amount of Indian fans... It would have been anywhere well. in the world, really. Yes. They could have played it in uh, in America. Currently, California is having a, a once in twelve hundred years heat wave. You know, they could have played it there instead. Maybe stunning. Yeah, um, but what the, would a pitch be like in California? Probably shitty, but they probably play pretty a lot of, Indian. I reckon it well, could become yeah, a dust bowl. Yeah, it's not yeah. a lot of water. Yeah. A lot of heat. Yeah. A lot of sun. Burning sun. Not necessarily burning sun, but. It would be. It, it it actually would probably break up quite quickly and be very conducive to spin. And I think as well, given that um, it, cricket in the USA is largely an expat sport, you know, very large uh, Indian, Pakistani, Bangladeshi communities mm-hmm. there who mm-hmm. are keeping the game alive. Some West Indian uh, people from the various countries that make up the West Indies as well play there as well, I think. But you'd have to imagine that there would be a pretty healthy spin culture. My experience of cricket in America is that of the cultural exchange between the Beths and America, (laughs) (laughs) which is that when we tour America, we take a cricket bat and we we eagerly teach any Americans we meet to uh, play and appreciate cricket. That's awesome. That's Um, spreading the gospel. (laughs) It really really is good. Some happy memories are like in Cleveland outside the the ballroom there uh, playing in the snow. After the gig. Really? Yeah, fresh fresh snow, middle of winter, probably January or late January. Mm. And um, the lake frozen as far as you could see. Um, but we played a gig. We were we were still buzzing. The cricket bat <laughs> came out. We were in the snow sliding around trying to field the ball. Incredible. Uh, we also attempted to play in, I think it was Atlanta, maybe, in a car park in Atlanta, and we might have been getting a little bit exuberant. And here's the thing about American uh, cricket rookies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They think they have to smack the cover off it every time it comes oh. towards them. No no test cricket culture. No, there's no... No gentle leaves. They, they, um, they, live, for the, they live for the next ball. Yeah. Like it's their last and it possibly will be. And they might <laughs> just hit the ball across the car park and hit someone's car. And that person might yell at you. Mm. And when they turn to leave, they might just lift up the back of their shirt to show you <laughs> what they are carrying. <laughs> as if they are going to th- shoot you <laughs> for hitting your their car with your tennis ball in a in a... Parking lot cricket match, <laughs> which is just, it's a perspective on the world that I'll never understand. Yeah. It's just yeah. the sense of priorities, the sense of what's important in life is yeah. just out the window. <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible. I mean, I would I would be uh, afraid of literally bumping into any person in the United States of America, uh, because statistically <laughs> speaking... It's maybe 50-50 that they'll shoot you thereabouts. And at so. that point, it's sort of – it's perhaps 50-50 that they're carrying a gun and perhaps like one in a hundred might have left the safety off, <laughs> bump into them and, and sever an artery. Mm, mm. 
<laughs> That's, those are real stats. Yeah. Correct me, Simon Day. Yeah. Come at me. <laughs> those are real numbers. Um, we should we should probably talk about uh, the game as it actually happened last night. And um, to be honest, I, I I thought it was enthralling. Yeah. A really good half a day of cricket. Really, really yeah. good. Yeah. We had a great, like, a, a absolutely perplexing start where the Black Caps were carted at for mm. four or five runs mm. and over for quite a long time mm. before some semblance of control could come back. Well, both, uh, both Rohit Sharma and Shubman Gill are kind of in the team because they can they can really motor when they need to. And I, there was something just off about the way that Saudi especially was bowling. I mean, his swing uh, was... Uh, I know that swing is very difficult to control, but it was quite inconsistent. There was a lot down the leg side that didn't really move the way he wanted it to. Other ones starting outside off and ending up way outside off and no danger there either. Um yeah, it's, it felt it felt a little bit like India could have lost the game in that first session, and they couldn't have won the game in the first session, but they definitely, definitely didn't lose it. They yeah, they and they nearly, I think, battered New Zealand's hopes. At, you know, at kind of dealt a big. They very nearly dealt a big mental blow yeah. in that first morning. Yeah. I, I think Southie usually gets away with this sort of thing. Like he, he's um he does have a long leash, and the Black Caps allow him to kind of attempt to swing the ball in any conditions. Mm. And um, if a few balls go down leg side, then n- n- no uh, no comeback from Kane. <laughs> uh, so. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, you know this this does happen to Saudi, but it's very rare that he bowls enough bad balls during that process of working it out mm. that he goes for that kind of runs mm-hmm. for those kind of runs. And and yeah, it was it was quite shocking. But uh, I think it was it was good to see Kane be proactive. Like I think he made quite an early first change. Yeah, Jamison came on. I think in the. Tenth over or thereabouts, and yeah, normally Southie and Bolt do about six or seven each. So yeah, yeah. and it's a, it's a fine line, but I think you bring Jameson on, and you bring him on because he's opened the bowling when Bolt was out. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he's he he knows what to do. He's still you know Kane kept an aggressive field, and when Jameson came on, he didn't put a cover sweeper out for two overs. I yes. think so. There was yeah. a full two overs of kind of. Have have a go. Have a go. We'll throw everything at them, mm. and uh, it definitely worked to slow the run rate down. So, I, I think occasionally I'm critical of Kane for kind of um, safe captaincy, mm. to put mm. it charitably. Mm. But I think in this case he did exactly the right thing. Well, he kept a third slip in place until it, the ball happened to come to, and as it was, yeah. it was Tim Southey who caught it beautifully. But a screamer, yeah. <laughs> like, I honestly, I was. I was watching that at the at the time, and and I kind of didn't quite click that he had taken the catch. For some reason, the reaction of the players was really odd. There's something about his size as well. well yeah, Tim Southey, yeah. I mean, he's just such a big guy. But then he moved quite a long way, and it's just it, it, it challenges your uh, <laughs> it challenges your perception <laughs> of the events when someone that big moves that fast yeah. to do a thing like that. Yeah, yeah. And I think it was probably one of those um, one of those days as well where uh, 
against almost any other team in the world, uh, there would have probably been half a dozen more chances mm. that went up. Uh, except for some reason, uh, the Indian batsmen were just mentally tougher than anyone the Black Caps have come up against recently. Yeah, I think it's a really. I think it's. I think we saw from today that these two teams will compete. Mm. But we also saw, yeah, that India are going to be a strong challenge. Mm. Um, I think, uh, yeah, even Australia, uh, outside of perhaps Australia, they um, they don't have this kind of mental toughness. Uh, there was a certain, I think it was um, especially, uh, it was especially Rohit Sharma just was carrying himself in a way that I felt was an extension of Virat Kohli's quite frustrating minimization of mm. this event mm. as something special. Rohit Sharma looked very chill. He was, he was so quite, chill. Quite smiley. He was smiley. He was joking so. with Neil Wagner. Yeah. Um, uh, he was, um, yeah. It was like he was just, he just, when at the crease he just had that kind of, Knees slightly bent, shoulders shoulders mm. relaxed. Uh, his just his whole posture, his whole mannerisms were just. I'm in control. I could mm. could be here all day, and mm. it looked like he might be there all day. And mm. the the chat between me and my cricket watching friends at the time was, "What if we don't take any wickets? <laughs> yeah, what if, what, what what if has, it got to that point? Has hey, it ever happened? Like... What if um." What if India declare 650 for none? Yeah, it did. It, there was actually a really, um, I think it, it was well after the first drinks break that the first wicket fell. And um, and yeah, that first hour was very much like, ooh. Uh, yeah. uh. Um, scary stuff. I think Bolt like sort of turned it on, mm. you know, like I think um, – for the change, change to Jameson made all, a world of difference in that moment. But I think Bolt was getting it right by the mm, end of that spell yeah. and becoming equally challenging, which is great to see because he was maybe not that threatening in the second match against England. Do you think uh, there would have been more or less threat uh, if they had been playing a spinner? I think the correct team was selected. Mm. Yeah, mm. I think um, I don't. I don't think the Black Caps would have used a spinner at all yesterday. At all yesterday, uh, knowing Kane Williamson's yeah. captaincy yeah. and knowing knowing what the Black Caps like to do with a ball that is obviously swinging and swinging conditions. Mm. You know, well, Colin, it's still swinging by the fifty fifth over or something like that. Yeah. So. This yeah. Duke's ball does seem to go a long time and there's no team in the world that will get more purchase out of good swinging conditions. So I think we can expect it to swing almost, yeah. Mm. It seems to mm. there seems to be sort of 10 or 15 quite dead overs just before you get a new one. Yeah, yeah. But that's prime Neil Wagner time. Actually, yeah, no, it is. It absolutely is. And he, he definitely wasn't overused yesterday. He'll no. have plenty in the tank to, to come in quite hot for the first session of, oh, God, I'm trying to think of the time in my head, from, you know, 9.30 to 11.30 or thereabouts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, will be, um, he will be steaming in um, with a, a kind of rugged old ball in his hands. and His preferred weapon. Yeah, yeah. I just, I mean, I just wonder, though, because... Um, the pitch 
for a day one pitch, uh, footmarks wise, it was looking like shit. It looked ragged. It that looked is horrible. really worrying. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and Jadeja Arashwin, ugh, you know, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. no, I don't. I I uh, am not an. Anticipating, enjoying, watching New Zealand middle orders sort of struggle through <laughs> against those two. I really just hope we're good enough. I think we just have to be good enough against those two. Mm. The three seamers that they've picked, I reckon they've missed a trick with um, leaving out um, the 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 B bowler that turned out to be Australia's undoing. Oh, Mohammed Siraj. Mohammed Siraj. Yeah, yeah. No, because he is, New Zealand hasn't seen him yeah. bowl. You know, yeah. we've we've not we've not played him. We've played Boomer a lot, and mm-hmm. I think New Zealand batsman. Oh, he will be a handful. He always is, but he's not the weapon he sometimes yeah. has been against New Zealand. Yeah. I think yeah. somehow we've kind of worked out a way to deal with with his um, his magic tricks. He's got a bit of um, almost like Joffre Archer about him. I think in that he he doesn't always look like he's going to be super lethal coming in. Um, but every once in a while we'll just have a miracle day yeah. where he will take five or six. And be unplayable. And be unplayable. But, yeah, I guess you're spinning the wheel a little bit with, with that. But, uh, I mean, I think we're probably uh, we're probably conditioned by having seen, uh, you know, various tours of Ishan Sharma being quite poor. We're probably conditioned to underestimating how good – uh, he could be in these conditions, I think. I mean, he could have three wickets by the time his first spell is finished yeah. when the Black Caps get into bad. I think you're right. He's he's still menacing, and he's he's in somewhat of a comeback period for mm. his career as well. Mm. Even just talking about domestic cricket by the looks of, well, you know, um, franchised cricket by mm. the looks of things, I think he's had, um, he's had a real strong run into this match. So... Um, yeah, he will be dangerous. I, I think um, both sides have picked their best teams, mm. you know, and mm. I think that's that is hard for India because they have such depth, and it's actually pretty hard for the Black Caps right now as well <laughs> right now, without yeah, depth. Yeah. But I do think that the um, you know for a one-off match with very unknown conditions, mm. lots of players on either side that. Um, have played each other before. I think um, no one tried to game the system. Neither team tried to game the system. Neither team tried to win the match with their player selection. Yeah, Both teams have chosen to put their best cricketers man for man on the cricket pitch and uh, try to win the match out there in the middle. Yeah, it was curious that uh, that India... Basically, had no interest in uh, in changing their lineup, mm. even though they got a whole extra day of the ground getting soaked and and you know just getting everything getting greener and greener. Um, yeah, to the extent that they announced their team the night before, yeah, giving the Black Caps all the time in the world to do their prep. Yeah, yeah. Whereas we showed a ruthlessness that I don't <laughs> think New Zealand teams ever show outside of. Possibly the All Blacks, and the All Blacks don't even need to be ruthless in this way because no. they're just bigger and better than most other teams. Yeah, but New Zealand choosing to withhold their selection until the last possible moment, the kind of dying hours before the toss was finally taken. Mm. Mm. I feel like there must have been some con- like I'm congratulating the selections because I, I 
you know, that's my view. But I feel like there must have been some conditionality around the Black Caps selection. They must have been seriously so. considering running AJs instead of Colin. Yeah, I would say so, definitely. Because, um, well, I, I think it would have been entirely condition dependent if... Um, uh, because going into the game, uh, Southampton had been a venue that had a bit of a reputation for spin. Mm. So, if um, if that had have been how the game ended up, the conditions the game was being played, and I'm sure he would have played, uh, especially after performing pretty well in that second test. He did. I really liked watching him bowl. Yeah, and I think. Yeah, yeah. It's, he. It's, it's it's an it, it is unfortunate for him, and I think it really it, it's is. going to be a little bit of the story of Patel's Test career, where he is uh, he's probably going to spend a very very long time as New Zealand's first choice Test spinner. It's just that that means shit in New Zealand conditions, and in most of the places that we tour, that kind of means shit there as well. Yeah, there's some interesting tours overseas coming up where he might get some really good game time. Yeah. He can't, yeah. I think I think he might be one of those players where he if he got a tour in the right part of the world where he was selected for the first game, mm. played a blinder and took five wickets, mm. then he'll basically have to be selected for the second game. Mm. And perhaps we even get a three test series and he plays three <laughs> tests <laughs> in a row. Bad. And that might be enough to get him yeah. an yeah. almost full time selection. Yeah. Um, if 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 he got three good games in a row where he took a lot of wickets, it might be enough to kind of convince New Zealand. But Colin has just been such a solid performer and with so many international teams struggling to find decent all-rounders, mm. New Zealand mm. having one Helps. there to go, you basically, you pick, you pick him. Mm. And um, yeah, AJ's, the, I don't, yeah, I don't know what conditions, if they're not going to pick him for Southampton, what conditions do they have to have in order to select him over Colin? Maybe subcontinent or nothing. Ba- basically, I think yeah. that's that's what we've learned. Um, I I would quite like to make a bit of a shout out uh, to the radio commentary actually, mm. which uh, I I did an hour after lunch of listening to it rather than watching it. I was kind of curious as to how it was going to go on Gold AM, which. Um, is kind of a, a rebrand of what used to be Radio Sport before is that it like station a pop-up was channel. Or does this exist? No, Gold AM's. So there's a there's a station called Gold, which is a rebrand of of one of NZME's music stations. I want to say Coast or, or sure, you know, one of those easy listening stations. But they've also got this AM frequency that they do live sport on. Uh, so uh, you know, it was it was almost entirely the exact same Radio Sport commentary team that used to do every summer of cricket year after year after year. You know, you had Waddle and Coney and um, Malcolm Jordan doing play-by-play, Peter McGlashan on uh, sort of incidental comments. Um, It was lovely to have them back. Do they have to good, be honest? Good stats, good stats uh, updates throughout. Yeah, reasonably good from memory. Um, I, I mean, uh, aforementioned mush brain. I can't remember yeah. any off the top of my head, but um, <laughs> I would have enjoyed listening to Waddle. I think. Yeah, there was something familiar about it. Um, when you start to get into that sort of uh, sleep-deprived fugue state, as it were, there was something very comforting, and uh, and then Coney just comes in and snaps you out of it. Mm. 
actually, or was from he memory, quite sedate? I can't, I can't actually remember a single thing Jeremy Coney said all night. <laughs> so maybe he wasn't even in it. Who knows? I, 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 I find him sometimes. I, I, he polarizes me against myself. <laughs> I enjoy him, and then I, and then I just cringe. But you know, a bit of cringe goes a long way. Yes, the yeah. sport needs to be sillier. So mm. good on you, Coney. But I, I, what I thought was really interesting about it is. Um, the audio picture that was painted uh, by by the broadcast made it it was it was a much more intense sounding proposition. Well, it was an intense passage of play. It was that that first hour after lunch would have been intense whether I was watching or listening to it. Definitely, but the way that they got the uh, the crowd noise and made that a very big part of the kind of overall ambient. Uh, the the mix, I suppose, uh, was was really good, and the way that uh, I mean, Malcolm Jordan especially is very good at it. He's very pacey, you know. He's mm-hmm. very very upbeat. Um, and do you think they had stump microphones to add to that? Did you did you you hear so, ball yeah. and bat and that yeah. sort of thing as well as the crowd? You don't hear, yeah. You don't hear specific. Um, you don't really hear comments, but you do hear right. chirping. I you know, wish it's almost we like heard more of, of the on-field chat. Oh, and I know absolutely. that they have it. Like they, they, because sometimes they turn it up. Yeah. Some, sometimes yeah. there's moments when they turn those microphones up. Usually, it's when players at its most boring, <laughs> and you just want to hear, hear a little bit of like, "Come on to me." Yeah. From, from BJ back yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they they turn those microphones up when no one's talking, but they I think they're too different to the players in in their treatment of those microphones. Mm. In my opinion, these are professional sports people. Um, they shouldn't say anything on the pitch that they're not willing for us to hear. Mm. And I, I want to mm. hear them. Mm. Absolutely, because I think some. I mean, I I think some of the players are genuinely probably have pretty intelligent and insightful things to say about what's going on in the moment. And even if it is a, a sledge or some or, or some sort, you know, I I think probably you could add a lot of value by just hearing what the players have to say about what's going on. Yeah, I don't think I'd take it quite as far. You know, you, you sometimes see the, um, the classic sort of Black Caps uh, brains trust huddle mm. of maybe Kane, Ross and Tom Latham, sometimes BJ. So, mm. you know, you could almost include the whole team. I think this is a yeah. very, <laughs> very strategically switched on team. But um, the the, the uh, I wouldn't go as far as to kind of put microphones on the players. Mm. And um, Yeah, no, when, when they're actively mic'd up, um, there's probably something psychological about it. Like yes. if you're if you're wearing a wire for like an organised crime sting or something, then you'd you know you'd really struggle to not talk in terms of like hello fellow criminals. Like, yeah. What what <laughs> crimes are we planning today? Um, if you if you had players mic'd up all the time, I think they'd be so aware of it that you'd lose all sense of uh, candidness and uh, and naturalness. But if you just leave the stump mics turned up all the time, I know. who knows what's going to be said? What is what is Wagner always talking to the umpires about? You mm. know, in fact, everyone mm. talks to Wagner all the time, and just maybe what, they're just trying to ingratiate themselves with him. Like right. the batsmen are just like, "Hey, bro, you know that's and bowling you know really nice there. It, it just keep worked. on pitching it up. Just keep swinging it, please." It has worked. He he has bowled few bounces this series yeah. so far. Yeah. Was it um, by his standards? 
I think it might have been Wagner or maybe Jameson who really got um, uh, would have been Pujara. I think really got him with a good bouncer. Yeah, um, I think it was Jameson right on the grill. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, the ball very yeah. nearly hit the stumps as it came down. It did actually, and which which would have been quite an amazing wicket. You don't mm. see a kind of um, physical wicket like that mm. very often these mm. days. But it did seem um, that was uh, the immediate aftermath of that. Uh, Jameson didn't say anything from memory. He just gave a very very hard stare, and it was sort of. Um, I don't know. It was, uh, it was a bit unusual to see that sort of thing from a from New Zealand quick bowler. Jameson has uh, Jameson has a streak that I'm not sure how to feel about. <laughs> he's yeah. so he's so competitive. He's and he's quite very competitive. Outwardly, mm. overtly, demonstratively, performatively competitive. Mm. You know, like he mm. he wants to be taking the wickets of the best players in the world and mm-hmm. and he shows it on the cricket field every time he goes out there and I like I love to watch him bowl but as a um uptight kiwi mm. I feel a little bit uncomfortable about something slightly off about it yeah, yeah, yeah. about it still 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 um we should uh we should probably uh, start wrapping up there because we've talked for a long, long time. <laughs> um, About like half a day of cricket. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. What yeah, if we yeah, had yeah, a full yeah. day? Yeah, imagine, imagine. Um, what, what are you? Are you? Are you going to be watching it tonight? Are you? Are you settling in for the whole game? Or? Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, as I said, my hopes are somewhat dashed for this game. Like, I, I just don't know how much good quality cricket we're going to have with this weather. Yeah, so. Yeah. Like I, I really will struggle to stay up during rain delays. I think absolutely, yeah, Just, yeah. Uh, previously, I would have been all about it, and I would have found a way mm. and powered through. But just the sheer amount of time that it looks like we're going to lose, mm. I think mm. if I think I'll be there, I'll be there waiting until a good midnight, half past midnight. Um, yeah, I see think if it, something any, happens. Any but, morning session being washed out, though. I mean, I I already feel like shit from the <laughs> the tiredness. So any washout, it's it's all over. I think for yeah, for me. I think um, I, I think that might be too much for me as well. If I, yeah, if I felt like a pivotal part of the game was going to happen later, mm, and I couldn't see myself maybe staying the up. final day, or, but I don't, well, or a chase just, for for the win. I kind of don't think any passage of play would be that pivotal because I kind of don't think we'll get a full match Result. in. But yeah. but that's that's just my deep um, negativity setting in, yeah. and it's just you know, like I said, I'll be there. I'll be there hoping for good weather and and following it. So. Need to fly a fleet of helicopters over Southampton or something to to disperse the crowd, uh, cloud. I'm not sure if that actually works or not. If it's maybe just what they do to dry the pitch when it's been raining too much, but um, we'll throw everything at it. Yeah, the helicopters. Yeah, the yep. um climate change, yep, those, uh, reversing particles in yep, the air. Those, uh, those experimental uh, heat-based weapons. You know, like, just fire that at the clouds. Who knows? Just try everything. Um, or just extend it by a couple more days, guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You got to day six. Why not day eight? Why yeah. not? Just do it. Um, thank you so much, Jonathan Pierce. Thanks, for Alex. Sitting in and for producing us for quite a few episodes now, actually. Um, 
And thank you to the Beer Spot, of course, as well. Five locations across Auckland. Thank you to the spin-off members. And if you want to get all of these Offspin episodes uh, when they come out each morning, I would highly advise you subscribe to it. Kia ora e te iwi, te Ahe Butler here, podcast manager at The Spin-Off. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spin-Off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.